Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Jesus for me, sovereign, eternal teacher, sovereign over all things, heavens and earth, the creator of everything, the manufacturer, the Elohim, the one, the purpose, eternal, never-ending, non-seasonal, non-superficial, but forever, forever, ever, the teacher, the greatest teacher who ever walked the earth, The teacher, the teacher to teach me how to pray, that teaches me how to live, that teaches me how to love and how to forgive. Not just the teacher that came in heavenly host in the manger or the teacher that hung on the cross to give us life, but the teacher that is risen and alive today and still alive today. The teacher that is ever teaching today to illuminate our spirit that is alive, to illuminate our spirit to walk in which way he lights our steps to move. The teacher, the sovereign, the Emmanuel, the God with us, in us, and through us. That is why Jesus for me. That was super good. Oh, that just makes me happy. All right. So I got the chance to speak about Jesus, which is like my favorite thing to talk about. Because I said in the first service, if I'm ever up here, I'm not telling you about who Jesus is or what he is to me. I'm probably wasting your time. So. For me, I would say Jesus, when I got a chance, the, the email to ask me to speak on Jesus for this thing, I was thinking, like, what am I going to say? So the thing that kept coming back to me was my high priest. Jesus is my high priest. I'm going to read some scripture to you first before I tell you, like, why that's important to me. So it's in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2. It says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son of Jesus also became flesh and blood, for only as a human human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. So Jesus is the high priest. I'm switching over to Hebrews chapter 8 now. I'm going to read verse 1 and 2, and then I'll skip to 6. So verse 1 says, here is the main point. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, I'm telling you all this stuff, right? There's all these points I'm going over, but the main point is this. We have a high priest who sat down in the place of honor Beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven, there he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle, the true place of worship that was built by the Lord and not by human hands. So going to verse 6. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. I want to read that again. This is so good. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates for us. He's the mediator. 
a far better covenant with God based on better promises. So I'll read a little more here. If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. But when God found fault with the people, he said, the day is coming, says the Lord. So verse 8, the first of that just kind of stuck out to me real quick. But when God found fault with the people, right? It was our fault. He found fault with us. He said, the day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant, so I turned my back on them, says the Lord. But this is a new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord, for everyone, from the least to the greatest, will know me already. And here's the really, really, really good part. Just like Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. So Jesus is my high priest. The reason that's important is if you read in the Bible, right, the Old, uh, Old Testament talks about the high priest in the, the tabernacle of Israel, right? So there's two people that would, two major characters, major players in the Old Testament. There's a high priest and there's prophets, right? They both have distinct jobs. A prophet's job is to tell you what God says. So the prophet tells you he represents God to the people. That's why the prophet says, thus saith the Lord, and people listen, right? That's what the Lord is saying. He represents God to the people. On the other side of that, you have the high priest, the guy that would go in for the nation of Israel, would uh, offer the sacrifice in the, the most holy place, the holy of holies. And if he was a good guy, uh, Israel would be blessed for a year. But if he wasn't a good guy, wasn't a good high priest, he would die in there. Things would not go well for Israel that year, right? So the prophet represents God to the people. But on the other side, the high priest represents people to God, right? So the reason I'm so thankful that Jesus is my high priest is when God looks at me, he doesn't see how messed up I am. He doesn't see how late I woke up for work on whatever day it was. He doesn't see the road rage and all that stuff. He sees my high priest. So I'm in him. That's why the Bible says that my real life is hidden in Christ, right? So when God looks at me, he doesn't see me. He sees my high priest. And I'm super thankful for that. So that's who Jesus is to me, is my high priest. Hi, everybody. Wow, that's a hot mic right there. I am going to share, um, my name is Christy, and I'm going to share how, um, what Jesus means to me in a spoken word piece. Redeem, to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. Redeemer, a person who brings goodness, honor, etc. to something again. In Hebrew, a person charged with a duty of restoring the rights of another and avenging his wrongs. A person who redeems, Jesus Christ. Words related to redeemer, savior, rescuer, deliverer, emancipator, Lord, Christ, Jesus, Messiah, Emmanuel. Now behold the Lamb. The precious Lamb of God, born into sin that I may live again. The precious Lamb of God, 
like a seed you were sown for the sake of us all from Bethlehem's soil grew Calvary's Sequoia. These song lyrics resonating with my soul. These melodies my heart sings. Jesus, the reason for the season. He sits at the center of a nativity scene. Millions set out to walk past casually. For without Christ, all you have are people staring at an empty and meaningless manger. Stars in the sky simply to light it in piles of presents. Wrapping paper and gifts galore. Because without Christ and Christmas, all you have left is a mess. For how can one say Merry Christmas when the married to Christ is missed? No, I don't mean to downplay the season. I'm trying to play up the meaning of Christmas and bring focus back to the reason for the season. A child born in a manger to die. For my sin, for yours. For it says in Romans 5.8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like the woman caught in adultery, Jesus came to the rescue, stepped in, took the punishment, stood up for me, and validated me with himself. He rescued me. Like the woman with the issue of blood healed me. I reached for him. And not even the whole garment. I just desired to touch the hem of it. And I remember it just like it was yesterday, January 2010. She said, I want you to reach and touch Jesus. Not knowing what this means, I facetiously stood up on my tiptoes, reaching for him before using my heart as my hands. Then, out of nowhere, I touched him. The tassel of his garment, I beheld the Lamb of God in awe of all he did for me at Calvary. My knees shook. I could no longer contain myself. I reached. Power left from him and destroyed the darkness, rendering it powerless. Daughter, he tells me, your faith has healed you. But I dare argue that it was his presence, still present, to touch years ago and still today. My faith exists because of the one who put Christ in Christmas. Never the same. Savior, healer, redeemer. Not only did he save me, but he has, quote, blessed with a redeeming miracle, a profound change in nature. Land of the 517, God says in 2 Corinthians 517, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. In case you missed it, allow me to repaint it. While we were dead in sin, powerless, and unable to save ourselves, Christ rescued us. Still unclear? Picture you on that cross, suffering punishment, well-deserved, and a man comes, pulls the nails from your hands, and takes your place so he can have you, his redemptive child. Except it didn't go that far. He went before you so you wouldn't have to experience the wrath of God. I am redeemed, bought with a price. Jesus has changed my whole life. 
once a wretch, now filled with joy, head once held down in shame, now confidently with my head held high, I walk through the door that was opened by a baby, born of a Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. You came. You saved. You, God, are why I sing. If anybody asks you just who I am, tell them that I am redeemed. Happy birthday, Jesus. Who Jesus is to me, I put his relentless pursuit. Uh, it's funny, I just realized she shared a verse that I have as well, but it's Romans 5.8. But God shows his love for us. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's really been my story, my journey, is, is God pursuing me through my sin, through me trying to do my own thing, trying to figure life out. It has been God's pursuit. Uh, as cool as even earlier this week, they asked if, if a few of us would share five minutes of why Jesus. And uh, if I'm honest, this week was, I had a lot going on this week, and I kind of saved it all for Saturday night. And then Saturday night, the kids were wild, and I was like, all right, whatever, I'm gonna wake up early in the morning. It's only five minutes, I'll be good. And What's cool is I woke up, I would say, actually, I feel like, I felt like God woke me up, 5.30, out of nowhere, just woke wide awake, and I just felt uh, pursuit, and I felt that was God telling me he, he's pursuing me, and that's really been my journey and why I love God so much, because I'm always trying to figure out how to follow him right. I'm always trying to figure out what's that next step? What do I got to do? How can I be the best me? How can I rise up? How can I do this? How can I make a plan? How can I do all these things with my family and life and ministry and business and all these different areas? But the whole time has just been God pursuing me and just learning how to surrender in that and how to be still in that is really difficult. It's extremely difficult. I feel like my whole life I didn't grow up in the church. Um, I didn't know who God was. I wasn't told from a young age. I grew up on movies and TV and music. And that's kind of what raised me. And as I got older, I began to just see God's hand even throughout those periods. Of, I wasn't pursuing God, but he was actually first pursuing me. And I think that's what's beautiful about the Christmas season, the Christmas time, is that Jesus came from heaven, left his heavenly home, all the comfort of heaven. Just imagine that for a second. Imagine the comfort we have, but imagine the King of Kings, Jesus. Imagine him in heaven, seeing us in our brokenness, seeing us in our sin. Think of just the most evil sin. God didn't just, and, and catch this, God didn't just die for the, the little sins. He didn't just 
He didn't just die for the little things. He died for the big sin. He died for it all. He saw us in our worst and he still chose to pursue us. And that is what caught my attention with Jesus, that he would leave everything to come and to save me, to pursue me. That even while we were still sinning, even while we were still in our mess, and it's a continual thing. It wasn't like, oh yeah, I used to be a sinner. Well, guess what? If you're a Christian, you still sin. Any Christians out here still sin, still mess up? It's just the truth. And he's still pursuing us. He's a loving father and he never stops pursuing us. I don't look at my kids. I guess to say it this way, that there's nothing that would keep me from pursuing my kids. He's so, that's just the father's love. And being a dad, I've been able to see that, like just how much he loves us and how much he pursues us. He's crazy about us. And that's really what caught my attention with Jesus. I've never really been anybody special. I never had some like secret, like it was just, I just kept showing up and kept trusting God and believing in who he is. And I believe he wants that for all of us. I believe this time of year, he's pursuing us. He's pursuing you. I don't think anybody is here by coincidence. If you're sitting in a seat today, I believe he pursued you and he's loved you so much. Even if you're in a season where you, you ain't even really about it. You don't even really know why you're here. You don't even know where you're at, where your soul's at. What, you're not even thinking about those things. But God is still pursuing you and he's patient and he loves you and he's seeking you out. So no matter where you are, I know this has been my life story that God is just, he just pursues and he loves me unconditionally and he has that same love for you. And I thought it'd be really cool if we, if we ended uh, the service singing Our Father again. And what I love about that song, I don't know what it is about that song, but it just, like, you just kind of like feel that, that presence, that like, wow, this is a holy moment. And I believe first what's cool is obviously God has pursued us but now now that we've tasted and we've seen that God is so good we get to pursue him and that's how we find strength that's how we that's how we grow that's how we continue to make it through this life is by pursuing him and by meeting with him and worshiping and connecting him worship is just it's more than a song it's more than just singing it's more than just an emotional moment emotions are good crying is good laughing is good but it's all about connecting our hearts with the Father and meeting with Him because He so longs for us. He so longs for us to be one and to be close to Him. So I'd like to invite everyone to stand. We're gonna close this service out here a little bit earlier, but I think we just end big and just pursuing God and just know also that He's pursuing you. You might not feel a certain way. You might not feel a tangible presence, but I, I think there's power when we just line up with the word of God and just sing his word and we connect with him and he wants to meet with you. So join us as we sing our father. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.